0: At Wildwood Community Church, we are for following Jesus together to the glory of God. We're for the church, for the community, for the nations, and for the next generation. To contact us or for more information, see our website at wildwoodchurch.org. Well, today is a Baptism Sunday. And, you know, when we think of baptism, it's important for us to remember what is it that we are celebrating on a Baptism Sunday, because this is a celebration, but what are we celebrating? Now, we might think of that in terms of other holidays. Y'all are pretty good. You're a pretty smart group here today. So when it comes to the, the holiday of Valentine's Day, what do we celebrate on Valentine's Day? We celebrate love, right? And when we think of Good Friday, whose death do we remember on Good Friday? Jesus' death. We, were, we remember that. We celebrate that. On Easter Sunday morning, we celebrate whose resurrection? Jesus's resurrection. That's what Easter is all about. And then at Christmas, we remember whose birth. Jesus, you guys are getting really good. I'm I'm asking you some repetitive questions, right? But we remember why it is that we celebrate on those particular days. We're celebrating these different things. And so as we gather here today, I think it's important for us not just to say this is a baptism Sunday, but for us to say What's the significance of a Baptism Sunday? What is it that we're celebrating on a Baptism Sunday? Because it's quite possible that this specific group of people has never gathered together in one room for a morning. Now, many of us are here every week, but there are others that this may be your first time with us, so this group is unique to be together. And just as when you go to celebrate a a holiday with a friend or you go to another country, they might have customs and they might do some things that you don't fully understand. And so before we actually turn to baptism, I want us to remember what it is that we're celebrating on a baptism Sunday. What are we celebrating when the four individuals who are going to be baptized in this service are being baptized? Now, what's important for us to remember is that what we are celebrating is their salvation. We are not creating their salvation. We're merely celebrating it. At some point prior to this moment, each of those who are baptized today have placed their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ. So when they come up today, they're not coming up to experience salvation, but they're coming up to allow us to gather around them and celebrate the salvation that Jesus has already brought into their lives. And so in general, that's what baptism is is all about. But specifically today, before we hear these testimonies and before we celebrate baptism, I want to give us a few things to remember as we celebrate these baptisms from Revelation chapters 1 through 3. If you've been with us over the last couple of months, you know that each Sunday our sermons have taken us to Revelation chapters 1 through 3. And I think that there are some great truths in those three chapters that help us to remember and celebrate the right things regarding baptism and also provide an encouragement for all of us to respond appropriately as we hear these stories that are being shared. So what are some things that we see in Revelation 1 through 4? Well, I want us to see quickly four things from these three chapters that help us celebrate baptism today. What are those things? Well, the first thing we're going to see is this. Jesus is beautiful. Jesus is beautiful. Uh, revelation chapter one begins that this is a revelation of who? Of Jesus Christ. And Jesus is revealed as beautiful. I, I know I, I've, 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 talked to my family after services over the last couple of months, and I, I say to them, you know, what, what stood out to you from the passage today? What did you take away from the message? And one of the things that my wife said a couple of weeks ago in response was, Jesus is just so beautiful. And I, I think that's an appropriate declaration because in chapter one, Jesus is revealed in this incredible, glorious state. And I want to read for us this revelation of Jesus in this glorious state in Revelation 1, verses 12 to 18. Verse 12 says, Then I turned, John says, to see the voice that was speaking to me. And on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white like wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze refined in a furnace, and his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and from his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in full strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead, but he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last, and the living one. I died. And behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and of Hades. Friends, that description of Jesus is awesome, is it not? It's awe-inspiring. So much so that the one who first saw it, when John sees it, how does he respond? Verse 17 tells us, he fell on his face as though dead. But as he falls in awe at this revelation of Jesus, what does Jesus do? Jesus doesn't turn his back on him. Jesus puts his hand on his shoulder and lifts him to his feet and says, John, you're with me and I'm with you. And his revelation proceeds. It's easy for us to see, friends, that Jesus is beautiful. But but even more so than seeing that he's beautiful, his beauty is connected to our lives in different ways. After this picture of Jesus is seen in chapter one, Jesus begins to connect aspects of his character to each of these churches. Now, if you want to know more specifically what all of those symbols that are referenced in that revelation of Jesus mean, you need to go back and listen to nine weeks of podcasts. We don't have time this morning to get into all of that. Um, But I do want us to remember that the beauty of Christ is connected to our lives, We see in Jesus highlighting a different aspect of his character to each church. To the church at Ephesus, who was struggling with a loss of spiritual passion, Jesus reminds them that he is real and that he is present. To the church at Smyrna, that is fearing for its own life amidst persecution, Jesus reminds them that he is the one who is resurrected, who holds the keys of death in his hands. To the church at Pergamum, that is dealing with doctrinal deficiencies and following after wrong theologies, Jesus reminds them that his word is a double-edged sword, that he speaks truth into the world. The church at Thyatira that is dealing with immorality and dabbling in idol worship, Jesus reminds them that he is the judge who sees all. The church at Sardis, which had a kind of a pretend version of their faith. They were known for one thing in their community, but they didn't have much going on on the inside. They were all hat, no cattle, if you will. Jesus said, reminds them that he is the one who holds the Holy Spirit in his hands and sees the inside as well as the outside. To the church at Philadelphia that was struggling uh, to feel significant in the city in the context where they were planted, Jesus reminds them that he's the one that has the keys to the treasures of heaven and he will open it up To them at the appropriate time. And to the church at Laodicea that has a useless version of their faith, as we saw last Sunday, Jesus reminds them that he is the amen, he is the truth, and what he speaks is always accurate. See, friends, Jesus and his identity is revealed to us not just so that we would be intellectually stimulated in some way, not so that we would just be educated in some way, but so that we would be encouraged and we would be challenged to not just see him as some character in a book, but see him as the living God, see him for who he is that we might trust him and embrace him all the more. Now, I think it's important for us to remember all of that in light of what we're getting ready to experience here today in baptisms. At Wildwood, when people are baptized, one of the things that happens is we allow them to tell their story. And we're, so we're going to hear the stories of all 17 people. Eventually, if you were a part of last service, this service, and the one at 11 o'clock, we hear the stories of those who are being baptized. And in those stories, we learn their name, and we learn about their families, and we learn the things that they are interested in. And there are many things to celebrate in the individuals. But make no mistake, friends, who we are really celebrating as the hero of all of those stories are not the individuals who are being baptized. Who we are celebrating is Jesus, who is beautiful. Jesus, who has reached out and touched them on the shoulder and said, you're with me. Jesus, who has invited to save them. And Jesus, who is the champion of all things. And so, this morning as we gather for a baptism service, we are going to be celebrating Jesus, who is beautiful. But there's a second thing we need to remember as we celebrate today, and that is that people are broken. People are broken. You might be like, now that's a weird thing to celebrate. <laughs> why would you celebrate that? Well, I'll tell you why. How many of you are people? Some of you strangely didn't raise your hands. That really alarms me to a certain degree. Um we are people, right? And as people, we are aware that we are broken we are aware that we sin and have fallen short of the glory of God. That's what God's Word tells us in Romans 3.23. But when we read that in Romans 3.23, it also jives with our experience, doesn't it? You know, when we think about what is happening at baptism, sometimes we think, well, these people must be people who think that they're perfect, Or maybe they have gone through some kind of crash course in holiness and they have lived six perfect weeks and we are celebrating them today because of their achievement of living out some kind of holiness. Friends, that's not the case. Baptism is not the opportunity for us to celebrate us being perfect. Baptism is an opportunity for us to remember that broken people like you and me can be forgiven by a perfect God. And we see reminders of this in Revelation 2 and 3. Again, Jesus dictates letters that go to these churches. And what we find is that each of those churches are struggling with something. I've referenced some of these things before, but we saw the church at Ephesus had lost their passion. They'd lost their first love. The church at Pergamum was dabbling in some false teaching. The church at Thyatira was experiencing some immorality in their church, and they were even worshiping some idols The church at Sardis was kind of faking their Christianity, putting out one view of themselves to the community while not having anything going on behind their reputation. And the church at Laodicea was not using their faith for much of anything. They may have trusted Christ at some point in the past, but they weren't using their faith day to day. And even the two churches that Jesus doesn't call out for specific sins by virtue of what he says, we can think of some of the things they might have been struggling with. The church at Smyrna, Jesus says, do not fear. They were fearing their persecution. In the church at, at, uh, Sar- I'm sorry, at, at Philadelphia, Jesus encourages because they were experiencing feelings of insignificance. See, friends, each of these churches are made up of broken and sinful people. And yet, which church does Jesus love? That's exactly right. He loves all of them. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so this morning as we we gather here, we gather uh, with Jesus as the hero, and he's the hero because he was willing to take the penalty, that our sins deserve so that we might be forgiven. And each of the 17 who are being baptized today have come to an understanding that it is Christ who is their hero. It is Christ who is their savior and he is their hope for all time. And so we gather today to celebrate the God who forgives broken people. Even in baptism, we see a picture of that as people are, are dropped down like they're being buried Reminding that Jesus' death and burial paid the penalty for their sins. And then we bring them up out of the water, being reminded that Jesus was resurrected from the dead, and so we too might walk in newness of life. And so today, friends, we remember that Jesus is beautiful, that people are broken. There's a third thing that we need to see. And that third thing is we need to be reminded that believers are blessed. Believers are blessed. Each of these who are being baptized today have already received a number of significant blessings. When they are baptized today, they are not receiving those blessings. Those blessings were credited to their account the moment that they believed. And when Jesus dictated these letters to the churches in Revelation 2 and 3, he talked about a number of the blessings that he had extended to them. First of all, Jesus gave a nickname to every believer. You know what it was? conqueror. He said that believers are conquerors. They're victors. And they have received a number of blessings. What are those blessings? Well, Jesus said that believers have received eternal life. They have the hope of resurrection. They are given his provision for all of their needs. They are given a promise of being able to reign with him when he comes in his kingdom. Our eternal salvation is secure. We cannot lose it because we did not earn it. He won it and he gives it freely to us who believe. Though we may struggle with insignificance, Jesus promises that in eternity we will be featured prominently in the plans of God. And he offers fellowship with us and the opportunity to rule with him forever. Friends, these blessings all of these blessings. These aren't even all of the blessings. These are just the ones that he highlights to the churches in Revelation. They are already received by those who have trusted in Christ. You know, uh, a number of years ago when my son was baptized, uh, we gave him this little statue of Jesus washing Peter's feet. I still remember, we give him the statue. He, He receives the statue as a commemoration, something for him to see and to remember his baptism in the years ahead. And when he sees this, he says, Dad, thanks for the baptism trophy. (laughs) You know? As if the the most exciting thing was was this trophy, right? He didn't believe that, but it just it did kind of look like a trophy. I'll, I'll give him that. But one of the things that we think about with baptism is whatever gifts they might be given by loved ones after this baptism, it's nothing compared to the gifts and the blessings that God has given them in Christ. And friends. If you are here today and you see that list and you're like I would love some of that know that those gifts are available to you as well if like these being baptized you also recognize that you are broken and in need of forgiveness and you recognize Jesus as your savior if you believe in those things then those blessings are available to you as well so we we've, we've seen that Jesus is beautiful that people are broken, that believers are blessed. But there's a fourth thing we need to see and remember today, and that is this. Salvation is the beginning. Salvation is the beginning. When Jesus writes these letters to these churches, we've seen this over the last couple of months. In each case, he gives them some encouragement, some admonishment, some things that he wants them to do, some things he wants them to start, some things that he wants them to stop. In all of those things, we're reminded that our lives matter to Christ. He did not just save us so that he could add us to a roster. He wants us to play in the game. He wants us to live out our faith in him. And so, as we see those being baptized today, we are reminded that that their baptism is not the end. This isn't the finish line. It's actually the starting blocks. It's a reminder that they have a, a life ahead of them, of following Christ and of serving him, and then an eternity in front of that, of being with him and reigning and ruling with him forever. This is not the end. It's the beginning. And I think that's a wonderful picture to be reminded of because all who are being baptized today are are relatively young. Young and old are are relative terms, right? But, But each of those being baptized today have a number of years in front of them in life if the Lord gives them a normal lifespan on this planet. And so because of that, we we see this not as an endpoint, but as a beginning, as a starting blocks, celebrating the race that they're running following Christ. And it's an encouragement for us as well, who are here today, who have already trusted in Christ, who have already been baptized. As we see them be baptized today, we need to be reminded that we still have a race to run as well. It's not just their lives that matter to Christ, but it's our lives that matter to Christ as well. And so as we celebrate the starting blocks for them, may it encourage us to continue to run the race the Lord has mapped out for us in obedience and faith and trust. And so as we walk through all of this today, we were reminded of these, these big things in baptism, that we were reminded that Jesus is beautiful. He's the Savior. People are broken. We're sinful, but we can be forgiven in Christ Believers are blessed. If we are forgiven in Christ, we are given these incredible blessings by God and salvation is the beginning. There's a life that God has for us to live in front of us. And as we remember those things today, may it be a spark and a reminder for us to to pray specifically for those who are being baptized, that these things would be continually remembered and realized in their lives, But, but also may it be a challenge to us to respond as well. For some to respond unto salvation yourself. For others to respond by taking the step towards water baptism at a future date as well. For for others to be encouraged to continue to live out their Christian faith as we hear these stories shared. Because this morning, friends, we are celebrating Christ and his work in the lives of people we know.